Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hi, I'm Alan from the Manchester Titans and I'm joined again by... Jay Pitchford and Lee Kerrigan. And amazingly, we've been invited back by Marcus Gambrell with First and Fifteen uh, podcast to discuss the interconference games that were played in Manchester and also to preview the Week 5 games in the MEC Premier League. Uh... The Titans and the Crows both hosted the HNC. I think it would be fair to say that one of those Scottish teams didn't travel as well as they usually play in Scotland. Yeah, I think there was some some big upsets uh, on the day. I think, you know, from the other side of town, it was stuff that we, we really kind of didn't see coming. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely didn't go with our predictions from the last time we were here. Yeah, let's not uh, go back <laughs> and look at our predictions. Um, we'll, we'll just quickly skip over that, but... I think the big story of the day was the the Oil Cats going o two and one over at the Crows tournament. Lee, yeah, what do you I think? I uh, you know Oil Cats didn't travel very well, missing some key players. But let's give some credit to those um, you know the Manchester, the MEC teams. You know Crows, Badgers, and Revolution. You know getting the job done. I know Badgers only um, drew, which is that their that's their first point, right? Uh, well, 0.5 of a point, but let's give credit to those guys. Yeah, um, but one team that we thought was going to do well, uh, they was a queen, uh, clean sweep for Carnegie, wasn't it? Yeah, again, I think Carnegie, as you can see from the scores here, you know, 43, 25 and 30 points put up by their offence. Like we said when we played them, their, their offence just ticks, they're... they're, you know, they're um, they can hit the big plays and, and they can they can march. I think that, you know they've got a really solid offence there. Yeah, it puts it really um, gives them a good opportunity for looking at the playoffs now. Um, it's going to be really close at the end of the season between Glasgow, Aberdeen, and Carnegie for those playoff spots. And to be honest, it could be three H uh, three HNC teams and only one MEC team making the playoffs in this case. That might actually make sense. It might you know. <laughs> As much as it would be nice to see in, in uh, you know an equal footing from from each of the conferences, um, the way that that the the HNC teams have played, it almost seems fair to give them three places. Yeah, I I think the other thing that we were we were looking for, and we 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 mentioned it in the last one, was we were looking to Edinburgh to kick on from their perform home performance, and late they yeah. did pretty well. Um, I think it showed again pretty much from the last tournament when we played with them. They they warm up. So like the first uh, match that they played, the first game playing Warrington, you know they lost uh, seven, uh, twenty to seven, um. But then when they played the Badgers, got the job done twenty one to twelve, and then against Crows, who are a good team, a good established team, you know nineteen nineteen or draw. So it really shows that that they uh, warm up throughout the day. So if you're gonna play Outlaws, you want to play them first. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah, the the NE, MEC teams had a mixed day. Crows went one one and one. Uh, Warrington picked up a couple of wins, and the Honey Badgers didn't get their first win. But like we said, they did manage to get that tie. Now we're going to look at the games played at the Titans' home venue, and unfortunately, it was a day of drizzle. Yeah, it was. I think. I mean, it was it from a Titans' point of view, right? It was a disappointing day. I think we kind of went into that. Wanting at least two and one, um, you know, if 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 not three and zero, oh, um, and to come away one and two, I think we we were quite disappointed, and you you make all the excuses you want about not having you know some of your starting players down there, but at the end of the day, you, I think we would all say we feel we had the team that that could and should have got the job done. Sure. Um, 
Unsurprisingly, the undefeated Grangers Broncos beat both the Titans and the Vipers pretty convincingly. And like Jay said, the Titans were missing a few defensive players, including GB International David McAnally. He did pay me to say that. Uh, but the Hornets also got back on track after their their wobbly season so far. They had a good 32-13 win over the Vipers and a tight 33-28 win over the Titans. But the, the team that we said was going to struggle did struggle. Yeah, um, the Comets did have a bit of a tough day. Was it only travelling with six players? Um, you know, but all credit to them, they played hard every single drive. Yeah, um, absolutely. Travelled you know, all that way. Travelled and played, so good, good for them, you know, good for them. Let's have a look at those results that have affected the MEC table. Uh, in the top spot with a record of 1-4, drawn 1 and lost 3 is the Crows. Second spot with the Titans with a 4-4 four four record. Uh, third spot is the Sheffield Vipers Green with a 4-5 four record. Warrington Revolution just below them on points difference with a 4-4 four four record. And in the last place, Nottingham Honey Badges with a 0-1-8 record. So all the top four teams have got four wins. And like we said last week, these games are going to go down to the wire. Yeah, it, it, these last couple of tournaments that we've got, it really obviously paints a picture for the for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> at this point, you could have the recently promoted Warrington Revolution in national playoffs. You know, it, it's it, it's really close in the MEC, and I think that kind of shows the almost a gulf in talent between the MEC and the HNC when you've got teams you know like like Sheffield Giants. Um, Dropping out before the season, it you know I think that has kind of left a almost a vacuum in the talent, and um, that's kind of shown when the MEC's taken on the HNC. I think. Now let's take a look at the week five games, which is going to be hosted on Saturday the 29th by the Sheffield Vipers. What matchups catch your eyes, guys? Um. Warrington versus Crows, I think, is going to be a good one, and that's the last game of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's played two game. Well, those two teams have played two games already, so it'd be their third game. So it'd be interesting to see how they they get on with that because Crows will be playing a game that game straight after another, playing the Vipers, and Warrington will have had a, a game's rest, right? So I think that's going to be a really key um, a key battle there. Yeah, I think all teams, apart from Sheffield Vipers, who've played one more game than everyone else, will be playing three games on the day. So it should even the table out at the end of the day and basically bring everything down to that last week six fixture. Um, any other fixtures that catch your eyes, Jay? Um, yeah, well, I'm going to say that, you know, the, the um, Warrington Revolution against the Manchester Titans. We've seen before that Warrington, you know, they, they seem to be coming on as the season goes along. They seem to be they seem to be improving and they seem to be kind of getting more comfortable with each other and, and being in, in the Prem. Um, and I, I think for the Titans, I think for the Titans, you've got to say all three games are crucial. If, if they really want to push for the, the, the playoffs, we have to win all three games. There's, there's you know, there's zero room for error now. Cool. All right, so let's have some predictions then, guys. So the first game, we're going to go with the Honey Badgers against the Crows. Who have you got? Manchester Crows. Manchester Crows. Yeah, I think that's pretty much unanimous right now. Badgers are improving, but I still don't see them beating the tabletop in Crows. On the other pitch, we've got the Titans versus the Revolution. Who are you going with, Lee? Titans. 
<laughs> bit of bias yeah. there. Yeah. I, think, I think there's going to be potentially a little bit of bias here. It's, it's, it's going to be the Titans. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think it should be a good game. Um, but um, we're all a little bit biased on that one, so we'll go with our with our club. Uh, next game is going to be the Revolution versus the Honey Badgers. Could be a close one. No, I, I see Revolution uh, winning out on that one. Yeah. Jay? Um, yeah, I th- I th- again, I think Warrington Revolution have got a decent offence. I think that, that, that Revolution, I think the Revolution win that one. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be tempted to agree. If this if this game was the last game of the day, uh, I know Warrington are uh, probably only going to be bringing six players down to this game. So if that was their last game of the day, they may well be feeling the, yeah. the heat. Yeah. Uh, Assuming it's warm in Sheffield, uh, but they'll certainly be feeling tired. Um, but um, the next game is the Vipers against the Titans. Um, usually, always a good matchup. Yeah. Um, Titans had a blowout beginning of the season against them, um, but I think the Vipers probably felt that they let themselves down there, left a lot of points on the on the field, with a lot of drop passes and stuff like that. I, I think that I, you know Keith traveling up shows a lot of commitment. I think that's got to be commended. Um, and Vipers and Titans has always been close. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been quite a high-scoring game. It's always been a close game. Um, I am going to go with the Titans. Shocking. Yeah, I know, believe it or not. Yes, yeah, same. Same as what everyone says. It's always a good game. There's points scored. Um, but yeah, I'm going Titans. Sure. Uh, Vipers then go against the Crows. So two tough games back-to-back for the Vipers. Do you think they're going to have enough to beat the Crows, Lee? Well, I, I'm going to... This is... Well, it's not a major upset, but I am going to go with the Vipers on this one. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think the Vipers look good, and with Keith playing, um, I'm, I'm going to go Vipers. Yeah, I think... You know, I think with guys like Dan Selwood on, on the Vipers, I think that they've got enough to beat the Crows. Um, it This is... It, this is going to be going to be a really tough game. And I think it's going to be a... Um, uh, I think it's going to be a really tough game for the Crows because this, again, is going to be one that, that, that they really need to win. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the same position to the Titans. They need to win out. So um, I think pressure's going to get to them. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to go with the Crows. But uh, <laughs> on the other pitch, we've got the Honey Badgers against the Titans. And uh, I'm going to go first on this one. I'll just say Titans because I think there's going to, Titans are going to have too much for the Badgers. Yeah, um, I don't think the Honey Badgers have, have been the team that we kind of expected them to be in the Prem um, so far this season. Um, you know, I, I think they will do well to pick up their, a, a, a win, you know, their first win of the season eventually. Um, but I think this is the Titans game. Yeah, same, Titans. All right, last game of the day, Revolution versus Crows. Who have you got? You have to come to me first. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a tough one. Um, you know... From the predictions that we've had, so Warrington lose to Titans, but then Warrington beat Honey Badgers, so it's a real big game for them to win. And then from my prediction solely, um, Crows beat Badgers, and then Vipers beat Crows. So then Crows are looking at a one, they're one and one at the moment, so they need a win, otherwise they go one and two. So this is going to be massive. I <laughs> actually very excited. I'm not refing this game. <laughs> I just want to watch it. Um, so I am going to go with, I'm going to Revolution. Ooh, I know it's, it's an upset again. Um, I like to 
you know, I like bold predictions, they're fun. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going Revolution. Like we said, both teams are going to be on their third game of the day. It's going to be a long day. We're looking four hours into it. And uh, you might you say you're not re- refing, but we are actually refing that game. No, I, mean, so. <laughs> I mean me personally, I'm just going to watch. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it could be a fun one. Have you got, Jay? Uh, if Warrington only has six players down, I think Crows take it. Yeah, I think Crows have got the biggest squad of players. Uh, I think Warrington will be stretched by that stage. If they pick up any injuries, they're going to be playing some serious Ironman football. And uh, I think Crows take that game. Well, that's it for today, folks. We should be back in a couple of weeks to see how those predictions pan out and to preview what should be an exciting week six. Hello and welcome to this week's version of the SWC coverage. I am Jeb Parisi from the Bedford Blackhawks and I have been stood up this evening. I was meant to have a one-on-one with another player for the Bedford Blackhawks. Um, he even made me set it back, the recording, a day so he could be on the podcast. We agreed a time and here we are. Ten minutes past that time. Calls haven't been answered, messages haven't been read, so it's just going to be me. Shame on you, Tom King. We'll get straight into it. Um, Just to let you guys know, um, I wasn't actually at this game day uh, for the Blackhawks myself as I welcomed my second daughter to the world on the Friday, so uh, game day on the Saturday was pretty much out of the question. Um, I think I'd be in big trouble if I tried to slip away from that, from the missus, so... Not worth it in the end. Um, So that's why I asked uh, Tom to come on with me so he could uh, give a bit of a rundown as he was there. But there we go. So we'll get straight into it. Um, We're going to cover the review of the games from the 8th of June. That was last Saturday. Um, The Aylesbury Vale Spartans versus London Rebels we'll get into first. It ended Spartans 27, Rebels 33. Um, a very close game, and I don't think many would have expected it, to be honest with you, but the Rebels did slip up uh, the last game day and had a couple of close games, obviously losing to the Titans as well, which proved to be a bit more of a higher scoreline, but Spartans can take a lot of uh, sort of momentum going into the next game, um, which they certainly did. The Spartans beat the Red Lions 21-19, which um, I'm not surprised either. And I did say last podcast that I don't think the Spartans and ourselves were going to come away from this game day empty-handed. And the Spartans absolutely made sure of that. Um, an early good win against the Red Lions, who are very solid sides, can put up massive points. Um, so the Spartans, again... I will go into next as I've got them just down on the list. The Spartans beat the Victoria Park Panthers 46-31, which is huge. And I am honestly shocked about this one. I I didn't see, one, the scoreline being this high, but two, the Spartans pulling away as far as they did. I mean, they are a talented side. I mean, I don't know the, the roster news myself, but I'm guessing they probably had a few players back to strengthen them on defence and that probably freed up a few people to get back on the offence and, and do damage because that's a massive win. Victoria Park Panthers going a bit of a rough run. Um, I've got them down as losing to ourselves, the Bedford Blackhawks. Uh, Blackhawks 20, 
the VPP6, so quite a low scoreline. And from what I gather from my teammates, they were saying it's a massive defensive display from ourselves, just completely shutting down uh, Vicky P's offence, which is very hard to do on any given day. Um, Johnny Stratford absolutely going wild. I think he's scored another six touchdowns on the day, put his total up to 19 on the season, which he is only a few off breaking our personal team record. And the team record's 23, and he's already up to 19, as I said. So, um, And I'm pretty sh- sure he scored all the points against the Panthers as well. So um, pretty impressive. Got seen a couple of videos of him picking off the quarterback as well. So huge MVP performance from him. Next, we'll move on to ourselves, the Bedford Blackhawks, losing 18-49 to the Redden Lions. So the Lions were certainly not happy with how the game went with the Spartans and <laughs> took it out on us. Um, I believe this was the first game of the day, actually. And speaking to the guys again, uh, our head coach, Matt Coldridge, did say that it was just a sluggish start. I'm pretty sure he said at one point they were four scores up. And, I mean, you haven't got to be dumb to know that if you're in a game and the opposite team goes four up, you're very unlikely to bring that back and... That was very much the case. You know, we got it up to 18 points, but that's not going to beat a team like Red and Lions in the Prem. So, hat goes off to them. That's a good scoreline. Next on my list, I have ourselves, the Bedford Blackhawks, losing 20-46 to the London Rebels. Um, it's not anything to, you know, be shocked about. Certainly, from my perspective, London Rebels, as I have mentioned in previous recordings, are only a few years removed from being Brit Bowl winners. Um, still a great side, and from what I gather, very good, productive offence still. So a bit gutted I didn't get to play against them, as I have enjoyed it in the past. Um, but from what I gather, they were just a little bit too much for us again on the day. So next, we're going to move on to the games covering the other side with the SWC. So the the ones I've just mentioned were the ones that we were a part of. And of course, there are some other cross-conference games to go through. So I'll start with the Cardiff Hurricanes versus the Baker Street Buttonhookers. The Hurricanes losing this one 27-39. If you weren't already aware, the Hurricanes have been hit with quite a few injuries. No excuse, nor is it anything to be upset about when you lose to the button hookers they're a great side and everyone expects them to be you know there or thereabouts in the final if not winning the whole thing so as much as uh, I'm, I'm big on Cardiff I think they're a great side and they've got my you know my backing to go all the way but losing to the Baker Street button hookers the way they have obviously is going to hurt them but nothing to uh to certainly dampen spirits because they could come back on any given day and and give the hookers a game if not beat them so um the hurricanes definitely have the ability to do that once the injuries are sorted out i'm sure they'll be able to um run this one back next is huge huge win for the hurricanes um they beat london smoke 41 32 which i'm stunned if i'm honest i that's the game i would have had down for being neck and neck a few points in it at most but Again, don't have match reports. We're not blessed with that when we do these podcasts, but I can only imagine this one went back and forth 
offensive firepower that they both have and it ended in the way it did. Could have been exciting, who knows, but um, 41-32, the final score. Next up, the first of two games for the North Ants Titans Blue. Um, unfortunately, they didn't win either of these games. Uh, they lost 13-36 to the Baker Street Buttonhookers and they lost 20-46 to to the London Smoke. Uh, let's be honest and, you know, cut it short. Two great sides. We absolutely got blown out by these two teams and Titans have scored, you know, reasonable points a lot more than we did. Um, so, absolutely, it's a hard one. It's really a hard game day when you know you're turning up playing these two guys. But it measures you up against the best and Titans now know the mark that they need to be at. And it, it, it's interesting to play these teams as, as hard as it is to lose. But Titans boys obviously will re- regroup and get going for the next one. Um. Then I'll go into the two games that the North Ants Phantoms played. Uh, heavy, heavy losses. They lost 0-66 to to the Baker Street Button Hookers. So no points scored in that game. And they lost 6-70 to against the London Smoke. Um, if the Titans didn't enjoy the game day, I would expect the Phantoms enjoyed it even less. Um, not very good on their offensive side and defensive side the same um again take it with a pinch of salt phantoms are a very good side as you know i have mentioned i'm a big fan of them um they certainly can keep themselves in games but you know we're talking about the next level here it's almost like a step up against the baker street button hookers london smoke you know cardiff teams like that um so phantoms will come back stronger i'm, I'm sure they will so that left the division as follows. In first place, the Cardiff Hurricanes, nine wins, one loss. In second place, North Ants Titans Blue, five wins and six losses. In third place, ourselves, the Bedford Blackhawks, three wins, seven losses. Uh, in fourth place, only on the head-to-head, the Aylesbury Vale Spartans are three wins and seven losses. They are only behind us, as I said, sorry, because they we lot, we beat them in the first game day of the season, so we are currently sitting third, and they are sitting fourth with the same record. And last place, the North Ants Phantoms with one win and nine losses. So, as you can tell, the front runners in the division are pulling away slightly. Um, the, well, the Cardiff Hurricanes have got it wrapped up. Um, I think it was expected for them to do so uh, most people did predict that and i predict them um winning each game coming up in the preview of the next game day so they're going to go through in the division no problems uh titans i mean us and spartans have just kept in it with the titans um they almost started to pull away i know two games at this point of the season probably is going to get it done but at the same time um that they do have games coming up where they certainly could lose. Uh, they certainly could win. So um, we could have a tie, and it's going to be a messy one for the for the people organising the the league. Um, don't be fooled. I mean, League Republic app is good, but it doesn't actually list head to head who's ahead on that, and it's just simple points for and points against. So I mean, that's fair enough. But um, it's going to no doubt come down to the committee to announce who's gone through if it gets to a tie. Make it interesting. 
So I will move on to the final segment of my segment, shall I say, of the podcast. The 21st of July will be the next and final Baffer game day. The North Ants Titans Blue will be hosting and we'll get right into the fixtures. Uh, we have the Aylesbury Vale Spartans versus the Bedford Blackhawks. We have the Cardiff Hurricanes versus the Bedford Blackhawks. The North Ants Phantoms versus the Aylesbury Vale Spartans. The North Ants Titans Blue versus the Bedford Blackhawks. The Cardiff Hurricanes versus the North Ants Phantoms. The Cardiff Hurricanes versus the Aylesbury Vale Spartans. And last but not least, the North Ants Titans Blue versus the North Ants Phantoms. So the fixture list has gone full circle. Um, it's pretty much, barring maybe a game, the same as the first game day that which Cardiff hosted, um, which was a really good day of football. Really looking forward to running these games back. Um, I myself have, I'm not expecting any children to come out, so I shall be there barring any other setbacks, uh, unless there's any other mini parisas I'm not aware of, which is absolutely not the case. So really looking forward to it. Um, my season hasn't been the best for myself. Um, missed two game days this season now, one due to injury, two due to obviously my daughter. Uh, can't be avoided, but I'm looking to just leave it out on the field this time round. Um, one of my favourite games was against this year has been against the Spartans uh, like I said we did beat them that first game so they're going to be looking for revenge um, it's going to have massive um, it's going to have a massive effect shall I say on the how the division standings will finish so really looking forward to that um, I'm sure the Spartans are have it penned down as the game they're most looking forward to as well um, and there's other games that I'm looking forward to on the day probably um, the Titans and the Phantoms as well, I think. Maybe the Phantoms are looking for a bit of revenge. Had a couple of rough game days recently, and I know they're sitting bottom of the division with only the one win, so they're going to be looking to change that. Um, what reason I say Titans, obviously it's a bit of a local derby. Everyone loves a bit of rivalry. Um, again, even the game against the Spartans, um, I know the Spartans have beat the Phantoms this year already, uh, Phantoms have beat the Spartans last season, so there's you know there's wide open there. No one can really say, oh yeah, this team beats this team all the time. It's it's some good games to look out for. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Hopefully, next podcast, I, well, we should be the final one. I'm not sure what uh, Marcus is looking to do, but I will have someone on to review it with me, so we can have a bit of back and forth. I'm sure you're sick of hearing my voice droning on. But I hope the coverage has been okay for you. Uh, if you have any suggestions or even if you want to come on the show and you're not going to stand me up, um, drop me a message and we can sort it out. Um, and I hope the massive gap between the game days, I think it's about six weeks in total, goes well for you. And we shall see you on the field. Hi guys, it's Chris and Luke here from the Wigan Bandits uh, doing a review and a preview of the MEC West uh, so we'll get straight into it and we'll do uh, the review first of all so we'll go up the table uh, Cavs finished uh, last game week 0-3 that now puts them zero wins on the year uh, Luke, uh, did you see any of the games from the last game week? Uh, no, I didn't see much. I, I saw a little bit of the Oldham game, and they were actually 
up at half time, but I think Oldham took over in the second half and ended up winning by seven. And I saw a little bit of the the Warrington game. That was pretty much controlled by Warrington throughout, really. The obviously the best game of the day was against Oldham. They probably felt a little bit unlucky not to get anything being up at half time, but they couldn't obviously hang on. Yeah, I mean, I saw a bit of the uh, the Cogs game as well. Um, I mean, they're all right. They've got some good players. They've got um, Dodd and Jackson, who were like quite actually decent players. But I think the rest of the team, but like, they're all right. But they're not. They've not really got any superstar players. Yeah. Um, they just need to sort of put it all together for a full game. I don't think they've actually done that yet, and that sort of shows on their record, uh, having not won a game yet this year. I still think they've got a chance because they still they still play uh, Leeds, Ronin, and Sheffield Vipers Orange, so they've still got a shot of getting a win or maybe even two. Right. So next we've got the Bucks, who finished last week. Two and one, um, bit of a surprise uh, package on uh, the week. I'd say they beat uh, the Owls twenty five fourteen, beat the Vikings thirty one eighteen, and lost to the Cogs thirty one twelve. The win against Oldham probably the shock result of the day. Would you not yeah, say? Yeah, massively. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw that coming really. Um, Charlie, I don't think have been as good as what they were last year. I think they'd probably tell you that they're probably a little disappointed with how this season's gone. But to get a win against Oldham, they'll be chuffed with it. And Wirral as well. Like, I think I think we actually had them going zero and three, didn't we? Yeah. Because um, I mean, looking at it, it's three tough games. I didn't see them getting a win. I mean, obviously Wirral and the Cogs game, they were close by. Um, but yeah, they'll be chuffed to bits with a two and one. I think um, against the Cogs, like we ref that game, and it was the third game in a row, and you could you could sort of tell that they were a bit tired. Uh, the Cogs sort of like dominated that game for eight. They didn't really look at any point like they were in trouble of losing that game, and I think you said that against Wirral, they didn't score a point in the second half. Yeah. So I think yeah they raced out to thirty one nil at half time. Yeah, so they've start like they've obviously won the first game against Old and then started strong against Wirral, done enough in the first half to actually win the game, and then the second half of that game and then the third game against the Cogs they've uh, they've struggled in that. So uh, for them, obviously if they're playing three games in a row, they've got to then look at doing it for all three games rather than just uh, the first two. Uh, next up, we've got the Vikings that went one one on the day. Um, they beat the Cavs nineteen nil, and then they also lost to the Bucks thirty one eighteen. Vikings, obviously, we bigged them up on the last podcast, saying that they were sort of the surprise yeah. team so far this year. Uh, and we had a little chat with the lads uh, at the Vikings before any of the games kicked off. And they were quite happy with the review we'd gave them. Obviously, they didn't really back us up with well, any plays. They, they got they got a good they got a good win in the first game. It's always it's always nice to shut a team out. And then I think just the second game they they had a terrible first half. I mean, I didn't actually see any of the game. I mean, don't know how much it was Charlie being good or Wirral being bad. I did speak to two of them after the game and. 
they seemed pretty disappointed with how they performed and just sort of said, there's no way you can put yourself in a 31-0 hole at half-time and expect to get anything out of it. Obviously, they had a right good go of it and won 18-0 in the second half, but it wasn't enough. Three hours of football conceded zero points. Yeah. <laughs> and then next we've got the Cogs that went 2-1 on the day, uh, losing 19-27 to ourselves, the Bandits, winning 31-13 against the Cavs and then 31-12 against the Bucks. So I think we finally saw uh, the Cogs team that we thought we'd see at the start of the year. Uh, I mentioned uh, last time that I thought the Cogs had sort of underperformed so far this year and that was probably due to the uncertainty around the team like with the quarterback position. But it looks like they've found a bit of a rhythm now and uh, I think they actually played quite well on the yeah, game. Yeah, they, I, I don't think we played our best game I'm not. I'm. I'm not making excuses. I don't think we played great, um, but they did play well. I was looking at the sort of results this year, and sort of going into that game, I was expecting a slightly easier game, but no, they they played well. They obviously got two good wins against Cheshire and Shirley. Um Text them up to third in the league. And then next up, we've got the Owls, probably the shock of the day, finishing 1-2, and two, uh, losing to ourselves 32-14, and then losing again to the Bucks 25-14, and then coming away with a win uh, against the Cavs 32-25. Um, have the wheels fell off <laughs> for the Owls? Well, maybe. I mean, they could have gone 0-3 um, quite easily with the way Cheshire played. Um, we were actually playing when Charlie played against Oldham so we didn't see any of that game but we sort of heard a lot of noise from the Charlie sideline making a lot of noise when uh, the team's on defence and then I mean the game against us it, we raced out to a, I think it was a 19-0 lead um, maybe felt like we should have put the game to bed a little bit earlier but they're a good side and they, they made some plays and got themselves back into it. But I think it, it always felt like we were reasonably comfortable and we'd uh, managed it well. So have the wheels fell off? No, I don't think so. No? No, I mean, they've still got... this. They're, uh, they've won eight, lost three. Obviously, they've got... Um, the second best side in the league. Well, yeah, they're the second best side in our league. Are they? The Owls? Yeah. yeah, of course. So you're still putting them above Cogs? Yeah, I think I think on the day. I mean, they play the Cogs next week, so maybe that'll be a, an indication of uh, how the teams have gone throughout the season. But I think, I think the Owls are still the second best team in our league. Um... They've got obviously two games next time out against the Bucks and the Cogs are two tough games. If they can come away with wins in them and then obviously the cross-divisional games at the end of July, which would be massive and at the end of the day they could be well within well within a shout depending on what happens to us over the next couple of game weeks. 
And then finally, from the last game week, we've got uh, ourselves, the Bandits, going 2-0, uh, beating the Owls 32-14, and then beating the Cogs 27-19. Um, massive game against the Owls, first game of the day. Yeah, it was a little bit, it was a little bit bitey, a little yeah. bit, uh, a little bit to it again. I mean, it was earlier on in the year, so it's what to expect from that game now. I think bit of a tone setter, first game of the play, scoring a touchdown. Yeah, seven 0 up after <laughs> five seconds. So yeah, we'll not rub that in too much. Um, but yeah, we we got the win against the Owls, which was the big game of the day, and then we then. Uh, played the Cogs, beat them as well. I think, like you said earlier, it wasn't the best game that we've ever played. Uh, we were a bit sluggish with that, I think, maybe due to playing the Owls' first yeah, game. And I think we, like, we were massively up for that one. And then we might have actually gone into that Cogs game just thinking that we were going to win. Yeah. And I think we definitely underestimated them. Um, I didn't realise outside of, I forget the names, the two quarterbacks who played for the Revs last year, Outside of them two, I didn't realise they had a quarterback on the team, but the guy who played quarterback, I don't think I've seen him before. He was he played well and he's got a good deep ball. Yeah, you can, and they've got that um, number thirty-seven who plays that slot receiver. He's yeah, he's he quick. was a good player. Yeah, he he did cause us problems. Right, so that's the review of the last game week done. So we'll go ahead and do our predictions for this game week. So. First game is the Vikings against the Bandits. What are you saying? Uh, I've got the Bandits winning thirty-two to nineteen. I've got the Bandits winning thirty-two to thirteen. Oh, so similar, pretty, pretty similar, similar scores, sort of yeah. stuff. Um, I think like the Vikings, they're sort of in a fight for third now with the Cogs, um, and ourselves obviously we're looking to. Uh, extend that unbeaten run. Yeah, I, I, they're a good side, and if they're full strength, then it'll be a tough game. And I don't think any of our games next uh, this weekend we can take for granted. But um, I think if we're if we're on it and we've got a our full strength side, which we have done pretty much all year, then uh, I think we'll have enough to to beat them. Yeah. Uh, next game is the Bucks versus the Owls. I've got this: the Owls winning twenty six twenty. And I've got the Owls winning twenty seven twenty one. That's a pretty, uh, pretty sort of similar. <laughs> yeah, then the I spread, think... the spread must have been minus six Owls. <laughs> I see. Uh, I see it being quite a tight game, obviously. And I think like both teams have got like quite good offenses that could actually uh, score some points, but also as well the D's can step up when they need to um, so I do see there being points uh, in the game but I also see it probably going down to like the last sort of couple of plays of the game I see yeah, that last yeah. drive actually having implications Yeah, I don't think it'll be a, a crazy shootout I don't think either team's going to put up 40 plus but I think it'll be it won't be a sort of defensive stand either uh, next game we've got the Cavs versus the Bucks. I've got the Bucks winning this 33-14. Oh, I've got it a little bit closer. I've got it Cavs 13, Bucks 19. I just I just trash on the Cavs like constantly. <laughs> they absolutely hate me. Uh, 
Yeah, I think like the books are uh, like I said before, like they can score points and the D's actually all right as well. And the thing with the Cavs is they've got some good players, but I just don't ever see them put it together for a full game and consistently score points. Like they didn't score a single point against Wirral. No. And like I think I mean, Wirral, I think Wirral and the books are like quite and quite even sort of teams. Yeah. So I don't see the Cavs coming away with a win there. Unfortunately for them. I mean. I've just sort of gone with the idea that the Bucks have got such a tough game in game one. The Cavs are going to obviously be refing um, either our game or the Bucks game. So I sort of went with what happened to us last game day were such a sort of tough, um, intense game, game one, sort of struggling to get yourself back up for it again in game two. So that's why I've only got it a six point gap. Uh, next game we've got another game which is repeated from uh, last game week which is uh, the Bandits versus the Cogs um, it was quite tight last time out with only 8 points in it this time I see us doing a little bit better and I see us uh, beating the Cogs 26-12 yeah I've gone very similar I've got Bandits 24 Cogs 13 yeah I think it was I think like last last week we were sort of on a bit of a high from beating Oldham yeah um, like I said before, they've got um, they've got some good players. The Cogs, they've got like a bit of a plan now uh, with with the quarterback that they've got in there, um, and I think with them, the <coughs> they do the underneath very well. Yeah, I mean and that center just kept slamming one side yeah. and he was killing us for for I've, a long yeah. time. And like I said, like number thirty seven, he's quick, and I think if we take that away, it's then just the underneath. Yeah, and. That's all well and good, but if you don't convert on one of those, you've then got a fourth and long. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Uh, next game we have the Owls versus the Cogs. What have you got for this one? I've gone Owls 26, Cogs 25. I've gone Owls 19, Cogs 20. Oh, you're going with the Cogs win. Yeah, so that's the first game that we've actually disagreed on. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really close game. And, like I kept asking before, have the wheels fell off for the Owls? Uh, I don't know, but also as well, you got to ask yourself, Danny got injured for him in the game against us, because yeah. I was talking to him after the, after the second game. Yeah. And he didn't really play much against... The Bucks and he right, lost that yeah, game. Yeah, and I'm not saying that they're a one man team. No, they're not a one man team. But he's but he's a big, if he he's doesn't a big play, he's, he's massive for him. Yeah. Um, and you could say that like if you lose a player in like in flag, if it's your quarterback, that's going to have a massive impact. But he's not the quarterback. No. So the other receivers should be able to pick it up a little bit. Um, I think you'd you see that with ourselves. Like you'd probably say our number one wide receiver wasn't there. Last game week, yeah, but we have three other receivers that yeah. can still do the business. Um, but like I say, it could go either way. This game, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I, I'm a bit gutted we're playing, obviously, not gutted we're playing, but gutted that we couldn't watch it. Um, I think it'd be a good game, obviously. I've said the wheels haven't fell, fell, fallen off. You've, I'm not saying they are, I'm just you, asking You're sort of going along the, <laughs> the road that they have fallen off. I mean, I've got them going 2-0 and on the day, so I think they'll, they'll come back strong and they'll look to finish the year and hope that we can slip up and they can 
win the division? I just think the Cogs have turned a bit of a corner and I think they're going to be a really good team um, from now until the rest of the year. Yeah. I think they've had that uncertainty at the start of the year, but I, I do see them uh, going on a bit of a run. I mean, after we've beat them, then I see them going on a <laughs> bit of a run. Uh, next game is the Cavs against the uh, Bandits. Go on. I mean, again, yeah. it's the Cavs game, isn't it? So, um, I've got the Bandits winning 45-13. I see us putting up quite a lot of points here. I've got the, I think, yeah, I've got the exact same difference. Bandits 51, Cavs 19. Yeah, so the math's right. I've, I've not even worked today. <laughs> I've got a thir- I've got 32 points difference. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, so the spread must have been minus 31 and a half. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't really see us losing this game. No. I mean, it might not be as big of a difference as that I no. mean we played them first game week of the year yeah I didn't play and we beat them then and we probably made it closer than we should have done yeah but um, I think our D's improved a lot since then yeah well we changed a lot of stuff up after that we and did we sort of got back to the, what we were doing last year where we sort of tended to play teams close no matter sort of how good or bad they were and it's no shot at them. I mean, when we played better teams, like I mean, last year we beat um, the Honey Badgers fourteen to twelve, and it was a close game. But then we'll go and play a lesser team, and only win by five or seven or whatever. And we did have a tendency to play teams yeah. close, but I think this year we've sort of righted that, and we seem to be putting teams to the sword more. Yeah, I think our quarterback Mooney will probably get about. He could get like twenty touchdowns this game week. Are you thinking yeah, it over yeah. three games? I mean, he did that game week one, didn't he? And they were similar, um, similar sort of teams that we were playing. Yeah, um, yeah. So then the last game um, is. Maybe buzzing. You've said that. I know he will. Yeah, he, he, he had a go at me for not mentioning anything about him. Yeah, he was annoyed with me because I said I said the only mention of him was that safety. Oh yeah, well, just, well you know. Uh, and then the last one is the Vikings against the Cavs. I've gone for a Vikings win, twenty six to twenty. Oh, close one! I've I've gone thirty one seven. So it's me bashing on the Cavs this time. Yeah. Well, I know that last time the Vikings beat them, what was it, nineteen nil? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I don't see it being like that this time. Um, I do see it being a bit closer, but again, I still don't see the Cavs. Getting a win? No, I don't, I don't see them getting a win. Uh, this game week they've got three tough games. I mean, last week I'd have said they've got a shot against the Bucks, but then after the last game day, Bucks put coming away with two wins. I sort of feel they might not. But I suppose if they put the performance in that they did against Older Mouse, then they're quite capable of beating well five of six teams yeah. in their division. I mean, we lost to the Owls earlier on in the year, so they're just like you said earlier on. Like they just need to put it together for a full game, and anyone can beat anyone at the end of the day. Lad. Yeah, that's it. So that means that we've got. I've got the Cavs going zero and three. Uh, I've got the Bucks going two and one. I've got. Which? I've got the Vikings going one and one. I think you've got the same. Then the only difference is, is yeah. that I've got the Cogs going one and one. Um. And I've got the Owls going one and one. Yeah, I've got two and zero and zero and two, 
Owls winning both. So you see the Cogs losing both games and the Owls winning both games. Yeah. And then we've both got the Bandits finishing 3-0. and all. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, we're going to lose, are we? Well, exactly. Um, yeah, anything else that you want to add to mm. that? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered everything. Right, well, that's us then for the MEC West uh, review and preview of next week. Thanks very much. <laughs>